Twins fans seem frustrated. I'm here to listen. It's Taco Tuesday. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments on YouTube. Also feel free to send us questions on Twitter. And just come hang out with us in some form or fashion, because we love to have you. You're a big part of the show, and you're the reason the show exists in the first place. Also, too, if you have questions you'd like answered on the show, shoot them my way. You can get them to me in comments on YouTube. You can tweet them to me. You can DM them to me at Brandon underscore Warren or at Locked on Twins. DMs are open, though, so just come. Let us know what you would like to talk about. Today is Taco Tuesday, and if that sounds a little different than how you're used to hearing it, it's because it's T-A-L-K-O. We're going to talk to you guys. I solicited questions online via Twitter, and we've got enough to, I think, fill up pretty much this entire half hour. Before we get started, you can download the GameTime app because today's show is brought to you by GameTime. You just download the app or go to GameTime.co, not .com, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And I know I'm getting ready to go to a show at the XL Energy Center next weekend, and I'll definitely be checking to see what kind of tickets are available on there too and compare to you know, what we paid for them because this is game time app is legit, so check it out. Twins play the Giants. It's an afternoon game, a noon game at Target Field on Wednesday is Joe Ryan against Anthony Desclafani. Desclafani has been rolling pretty good. Joe Ryan, we all know, has been tremendous this season. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just go to Sirius and search Twins on the SiriusXM app. Got a little confused here on the YouTube stream, so sorry for the pause there, but let's just dive right in. We solicited questions from you, and you did come through. I got the sense that everyone was feeling a little frustrated with this Twins team, and for good reason. So we're going to call this segment Taco Tuesday, where we talk to you guys and hear where you're at, kind of get a feel for the temperature of the ball club and that sort of thing. So we're going to just go for it. You guys, again, you delivered phenomenal questions. So again, can't do it without you. It's, it's your show, more or less. I'm just the one delivering it. So Phil Hansen asks, Will this team struggle offensively until Polanco and Lewis are activated and give the team a spark? Also, play Alex Kirilov every day. Don't platoon him anymore if the front office feels he's a cornerstone of the franchise. It's time to let him play it out. Okay. So, I really, if I'm being honest, I don't understand why this offense is struggling on the whole. I understand, and I we talked about this on Monday, the offense is struggling because the top of the lineup, the top third of the lineup this season has been absolutely dreadful. 
in the sense that they are bottom in MLB in batting average and have been just dreadful, absolutely dreadful overall. Um, you know, Carlos Correa is coming out of that funk, but still has numbers that don't really look like classic Correa numbers. Buxton's been up and down right now, more down than up. And then that rotating door through the leadoff spot. I mean, Joey Gallo has been pretty good, but again, batting average, not his thing. Max Kepler been injured. Also, too, no mention of Kepler by Phil, but that's another important thing. Um, as we saw, too, today, Trevor Larnick going on the IL with pneumonia. don't think I've ever seen that one before, but Matt Walner is back up, so he'll get a chance, too. Um, I agree with the play Alex Kirloff everyday thing, and I thought the use of the lineups in Monday's game was strange. A lot of... I, I, I'm not outright opposed to making early game substitutions when it's something like a big spot and you get a righty who mashes lefties, you know, Kyle Garlick, something like that. But at the same time too, like I, and I know that they said Sean Maniah threw a 30 pitch bullpen session. So it didn't seem as though the twins needed to prepare for a lefty bulk guy. It ended up being Maniah lefty strikes out eight which is astonishing in two different ways because the Giants as a team have not really struck anybody out this year. And Manaya's ERA was over seven. Just an absolute disaster class by the Twins offense. And we've seen a lot of those this year. But I don't like lifting guys early. I don't like um, shaking it up like that. That early with guys like Edouard Julien who need to play every day or on a regular basis, full games, or at least not get lifted until late in the game when there's a nasty lefty, that sort of thing. Um, I I get and agree with the idea of platoons and mixing and matching. You know, like the Rays used to hit Jeff Kepinger third, even though he was a pretty good hitter, but not a great hitter, except against lefties. And Rocco comes from that Joe Madden tree. But these young guys, if they're part of the future, need to have solid regular playing time in some form or fashion and they're not getting that right now at least not on monday monday was i don't like seeing people get out coached or outmanaged, but it did maybe feel a little bit like that um i think there was some gamesmanship with how manaya was used and it pretty much you know empties out the bullpen and that sort of thing so um but i feel like the the good players playing every day to me and the platoons and stuff for, for future franchise guys. It reminds me kind of of like a team in September that's 25 games under 500, bunting runners over with guys who are part of the future. Let them swing. It doesn't matter if you win that game. You, you, you want to be competitive. I don't believe in not being competitive. But bunting when you're a 65 and, and 82 team or whatever down the stretch, you know, you have nothing to play for except pride and guys looking for jobs for either the future with that team or their next team. Swing away. Same deal here. Um, play the matchups. Again, I know they're in first place and they're playing for uh, playing in order to stay there. But again, I, I get playing the matchups. It just doesn't have to be quite this uh, strict. Kind of a long winding answer for that question. I hope that still got it there. Good friend Devlin wants to know, do you move Jax into lower leverage situations until he gets right? Do you give DeLeon and Hedrick more of the higher leverage spots until they, they prove that they can't. So first of all, I think that time has already come with Griffin Jacks because when he worked in yesterday's game, a 4-1 loss for anybody 
who might have missed it. Jax came in, threw an inning, struck out two, very clean inning, and then Cole Sands throws the final two. So Jax threw the seventh inning, and by that time, the Twins were down. They were still down 4-0. That's, that's basically an Emilio Pagan role. And granted, Pagan worked the sixth inning. So an eventful one at that, too. Two strikeouts, two walks. Um, just riding that roller coaster. So I think they've already done that with Jax. But I think the trip back to being in the good graces of Rocco Baldelli will not be a long one. I mean, even with the blowups, his ERA is 5-3-1. That's, that's high, but it's not like something that can't be managed with a few solid outings, get it into the fours, eventually the threes. There's a lot of ebbs and flows with relievers, and I still believe that Jax is a good reliever. I know people have turned on him. I've heard him mentioned in the same conversation with Emilio Pagan. To me, they're just they're not at the same spot right now. So um, Pagan has only worked big spots out of necessity. Jax, in this case, worked a low leverage spot just like Pagan did, and then Cole Sands did a nice job clearing it up. We got a Cole Sands question here coming up later as well. With that said, I mean, I'm not opposed to giving Jose De Leon more looks out of the bullpen. The stuff looks good, especially the start of that Dodgers game. The outing kind of went sideways on him as it went on. But I think the stuff there projects as someone who can who can definitely help you. Um, and he's out of options. So if, if they end up needing to make a move out there, you know, I think Hovant, or Giovanni Moran is probably the guy that goes before him. I think De Leon's going to get a longer look. I think Brock Stewart's going to continue to get a longer look. I like the general framework of a bullpen where it's maybe like Pagan, De Leon, Stewart, Thielbar, Jax, Lopez, Duran. I don't know if the numbers come out right, if that's the right number of pitchers, but to me, that's a, a, a solid bullpen that can be leaned on, you know, night in, night out. You know, you, you don't want to use Emilio Pagan in those tight spots, but he's worked them before. At least you're not putting a fish, uh, dropping a fish into uncharted waters. So will he be good at it? That's a different thing. And Hedrick is working as a starter down at St. Paul. In fact, I believe he started at St. Paul today. So it really seems like with Tyler Malley out and Kenta Maeda shelved for the time being, that with Louis Varland and Bailey Obert in the rotation, they really wanted a little more protection beyond Simeon Woods Richardson. So Brent Hedrick is working out of the rotation in St. Paul, and I think that that's probably where he will continue to help the Twins moving forward if he comes back. Uh, before we go to break, good friend just uh, – actually, you know what? let's do this. Let's pause real fast and talk about So Rare because we're running over – into this uh, second segment. So Rare is a game that we've been partnered with for a bit here. It's spelled exactly like it sounds, S-O-R-A-R-E. So Rare, it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans like you and me into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 MLB teams. And again, too, I talk about this all the time, but their brand ambassadors are Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez. So two of the most recognizable, fun, young players in today's game. So again, that's that's cool to me. I mean, it may not be a huge part of why you play the game, but it's it's interesting. Um, and it's not like other fantasy baseball platforms. You know, you can be better than, you can be less than, or you can be different than. They've chosen to be different than. You get your own managerial experience. You collect, buy, sell, and compete with other people's digital player cards and you face opponents from all over the world, and if you win, you get what they call epic 
rewards. So win or lose, you still get to keep your cards. There's no cost to play. You don't lose cards or anything like that. And if you win, you um, you get more uh, you you get more scarce cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars, all kinds of fun stuff depending on the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S O R A R E dot com, and draft your team full of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to an epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com. Slash locked on and start playing today. As you may have just heard, we could be interrupted by munchkins at this house. So hopefully it won't happen. But just keep in mind that we may be playing under a, a rain delay here. Human rain delay might come through. But good friend Josiah wants to know, should the Twins try to play Edward Julien, Alex Kirilov, and Trevor Larnick as much as possible to see if they can help the offense break out of this weird slump they are in? And a lot depends on... Again, it'll come down to matchups, and also, too, they need to win these games. But these three guys are good enough that it's not like they're forcing someone out there that's not ready. You know, there were there were times when the Twins were really bad in the 90s where you could see prospects who were very clearly the not-ready-for-prime-time players. That's not the case with these guys. These guys were not rushed to the major leagues, especially not Kirilov, especially not Larnick. I mean, Julian, you could go either way, but the, the advanced approach and the fact that he has looked fairly competent in big spots, the homer at Yankee Stadium and all that, I think you can mix and match these guys. Again, Larnick's on the IL, but the question came in before that happened, so we'll give him a break there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not playing Donovan Solano over Edward Julian if all things are equal. You know, if you're wondering about Kirloff versus Gallo, that's a little different, but again, I want those guys both in the lineup every day. So honestly, I think my answer is yes. And the offensive slump is definitely, definitely strange because I just, I don't get it. I think this is a team that should score runs, you know, maybe not six, seven, eight, nine on a regular basis, but the fact that the pitching staff has been called on to hold so many tight leads late that any hiccups really make them look worse than they are is is basically the identity of this team right now. I've said it before and I've, I'll say it again. This is this is their groundhog day. Like so many games that they've played just keep repeating and repeating and repeating. They get a small lead or tied, waiting for the offense to come through, and then suddenly there's a bloop and a bloop and a single, and the Twins are down 3-1, and Jorge Lopez is looking like he can't get anybody out even though it was bloops. It's a story of Griffin Jacks' season. So, um, again, this offense needs to get going. I'm open to a lot of ideas, but I don't think it's going to be anything, you know, real, real crazy. And again, too, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, make sure you check back tomorrow. We'll come at you after the afternoon game, uh, Twins and Giants. Get you a wrap of that series and then preview the Blue Jays coming to town. Looks like Jose Barrios is going to face the Twins in the finale. So making a return to target field again here uh, should be a lot of fun. But before we get to that, the Twins do play on Wednesday afternoon. It's going to be Joe Ryan and Anthony Disclafani with a 12-10 first pitch. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast all season long with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do, search Twins. Pretty easy to find. Our good friend Ben says that he liked the use of Cole Sands last night in a closer game. So a game that wasn't out of hand. Four, I think it was four, 
four zero or four one when he came in. It must have been four one because the twins nope four zero and then the twins pushed one across in the eighth. I was trying to remember exactly how that lined up. But again, you know, he's probably not gonna work when you're up four one, but when you're down four one, you need guys who can keep you close and bullpens have those guys and it's it's a it's a weird kind of deal where you know we were, I was talking with people on Reddit about why is Emilio Pagan on the roster and the front ends of bullpens have these kinds of guys all the time. Pagan throws 97. I mean, he hit 97 on both of his strikeouts on TV last night. Uh, I was watching the FS1 telecast, so that's how they had that fire little fireball graphic when he threw that hard. I mean, not every team has guys throwing 97 as their lower leverage guys. It's more common than it used to be. But, you know, using Pagan in that role – and then Sands in the role he was used as well. Again, I have no issue with that. Um, do I think his role will change going forward? I'm not quite ready to do that yet. His season ERA is only 1.0, but I don't know that that tells the entire story. There's times he's struggled to throw strikes, as evidenced by the fact that he's got five walks and in nine innings, but he does have a strikeout per inning. He has given up a homer. If he can limit the walks, though, I don't think there's any reason to say he couldn't work his way into a bigger role and probably fairly quickly with that said though um, you know, there's always the rule that team out of options wins. So Jose de Leon being out of options, Brock Stewart being out of options means those guys are less likely to have some kind of movement than a Giovanni Moran or a Cole Sands. So hopefully you see more of Cole Sands. Cause I thought the stuff really spiked on Monday night. I thought he looked really, really good. And I think that the fact that he's on this roster means they have a, a belief in him that he can continue to be that level of pitcher. Also, too, um, you know, they're looking for stability at the front end of that bullpen. They're going to want a long guy probably out there that they can cycle in and out. And I am also curious to see how they use Kenta Maeda, knock on wood, assuming he comes back soon. But I think Sands, if he can really get uh, get his wheels spinning in the right direction, Walks-wise, you could see a, an awful lot of him. Mike, good friend Mike, says, Rocco gets roasted on the streets for being a spreadsheet guy. And this weekend, he platooned against both lefties, but Bramer said several times during each broadcast that both pitchers had reverse splits. Odd, no? So Mike is asking if it's odd. Um, platoon splits go two different ways. And, I, you know, you kind of hear, like, Let's say a Twins pitcher is facing a hitter who's hitting a buck seventy-five against fastballs. In theory, a lot of Twins Twitter would be like, "Well, just throw them fastballs." One, you can't make the cake entirely out of frosting. It's the same thing when we see a guy has a really good slider. Well, why doesn't he throw it more often? Well, you can't only throw sliders. I mean, unless you're Matt Whistler, I guess. But there's a law of declining returns where the more they see the slider, the better they're going to fare against it, right? And also, too, like with platoon splits, your weakness or my weakness might not match up with your strength or your weakness. So if I have a bad fastball and you're bad at hitting fastballs, I have a good curveball and you're good at hitting curveballs, do I want to try to beat you with my worst against your worst or my best against your best? And I think almost every time you're going to pick your best against whatever they are, 
best, worst, whatever. So, um, you know, that that's why it can be frustrating sometimes to see a guy get beat on his third best pitch, even if it is a hitter who's not good against that pitch. Ultimately, you want to, if you're going to lose, if you're going to go down with the fight, you want to do it with your best stuff, whether you're a hitter, pitcher, manager, whatever. So it's a little strange, but at the same time too, like in theory, if you have a lefty with reverse splits and Joey Gallo, um, I'm not really going to say, oh yeah, 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 Joey Gallo, uh, the lefty splits, I'm going to like, I'm going to give Joey Gallo that shot, even though he might not hit lefties well this season. Um, a lot of times I'm going to do what my guy is best at rather than what their guy is best or worst at. Cause it's one thing is, is what I can control, but two, again, it's, it's the, um, my best versus his best worst. I think I laid it out there pretty good. Um, because again, I talk too much. One more time. Let's talk about our friends at game time, game time.co or the game time app. Absolutely wonderful ticket program that we've been working with. I am working on getting tickets for Brooks and Dunn next weekend. And I'm sure you didn't take me for a country music fan, or maybe you did. But I will be going there to the X next Saturday. And you better believe we're going to check out ticket prices on Game Time, the app, or GameTime.co. I'm going to use the app personally because I'm an app guy. But you have the option desktop to do that too. Um, it's not exactly last minute, but you can check the app right up to the event. There's some strategy to it. If you check early, it's like buying tickets on an airline. If you buy super early, there might be fewer, um, fees associated with it being not such a rush and that sort of thing. The difference with sports tickets is some of these come available because people have conflicts. You're not buying plane tickets off another person and in game time, you're buying them when they're, they're available, um, you know, right up to the last minute. It's a little different than plane tickets, but there's still some strategy as it pertains to when and how you buy them. With game time, though, that takes care of a lot of it. You can go through the app and you can look at all kinds of different events in your area, concerts, comedy shows, twins games. Obviously, we're talking about the twins here, and they're going to be home for a few more days here with the Blue Jays coming to town. Then Cleveland, I think, comes in for four after they go out on the road. So lots of Twins games coming up here. Uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Flash deals, last-minute sales. You know, if you're in the Twin Cities area and want to get to a game, it, they make it real easy, super easy. Um, lowest price guarantee. You get a picture of the seat view so you know what you're getting into. It's the place for last-minute ticket deals. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code LOCKEDONMLB, and you'll get $20 off your first order. Terms do apply, but again, create an account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB, all one word, for $20 off. Download the app. It's game time. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we're coming down the home stretch. It is the seventh inning stretch. We've got a few questions left. And we'll get you out of here. Extreme Elixir says a wave of youth is taking over the Twins. Will this finally bring us to the promised land? Part of me feels like that might have been a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. But I think I really like where this roster is. I think, too, the fact that they're going to get Royce Lewis back at some point here in the near future. That's obviously very exciting and will maybe help them mitigate some of the offensive struggles that they've had to this point. And again, too, getting Max Kepler back, as much as it seems like we didn't think we'd be excited for him to return, certainly going to help. 
Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco. Again, they have a very nice number of guys that they can lean on as they come back to where they can mix and match a little more, which again, you know, mix and match platoon stuff. That's, um, you know, certainly something that's drawn the ire of a certain subsection of twins fans, but it's, you know, you can ride the hot hand. You can do all that sort of stuff. And that's easier to do with more big league caliber players on your roster. So I think they're getting close to that. Um, you know, it stinks that Tyler Malley, for instance, is out for the year, but I think some of the other guys are progressing nicely. Our friend Narita wants to know, she says, looking at the bullpen and hoping the front office is looking to add arms at the bullpen, who would you realistically target that would be available and best plug the gap? So basically my favorite thing to do is uh, a lot of times these are rental guys. Michael Fulmer comes to mind. You know, sometimes they go out and get a Jorge Lopez, but it's it's pretty rare if we're being honest. That was a that was a very unusual um, trade for the Twins, and honestly, a, a pretty rare trade in MLB altogether. Now, with that said, I have the MLB trade rumors free agent list. I like to look at the impending free agents on the reliever side. And then especially two from teams who aren't contending, they don't have any reason to hold on to these guys. So right-handed relievers who might be decent. Uh, it's a it's a pretty thin list right now. Fulmer, again, free agent, but he's been really struggling. Chad Green, not going to be available. Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, maybe. Um but I don't know if the, the White Sox are going to want to trade him in the division. And the White Sox, I don't know how soon they're going to convince themselves that they're out of it. Um, Joe Kelly is another option on that roster who's got a $9.5 million club option next year with a million-dollar buyout, which you could probably get the White Sox to pick up if you really wanted. Um, Craig Kimbrell's on that list. Trevor May's on that list. I don't believe he's fully healthy, though. Um, you know, the list is uh, David Robertson, but the Mets are using him to close now because – Edwin Diaz is is down. Ryan Stanek or Stanek. I've always loved the uh, the stuff, but again, is he going to be available? It's it's a lot of guys who, again, may or may not be available. Andrew Chafin, Araldis Chapman's going to come up. I have no interest in him. Amir Garrett, maybe because big hard throwing lefty. Um, you know, it may not cost all that much. If I was going to though look at the uh, at the Royals pitching and a relief pitcher scott barlow really comes to mind for me he's working as their closer right now and the numbers aren't great 426 era but he's 30 he'll be a free agent after next season he's got he's had very very good seasons the last two years sub three era in fact over the last two seasons he's got a combined era of 230 10 strikeouts per nine 10.2 a 109 110 whip so, again, I don't know what that would look like. The Twins have had um, – they've had some luck trading with the, the Royals recently, the Michael A. Taylor trade. Uh, so maybe don't rule that out. I think Scott Barlow would be the guy of um, non-impending free agents, though, that I'd target. And the Royals do have a few interesting bullpen arms. 
I mean, I still believe in Josh Stelmont. He's 29. He's been a little up-down guy this year because he hasn't been quite as good as he has in the past. Beyond that, um, Taylor Clark is having a good season. He's 30. He's got multiple years of control left. He's actually not a free agent until 2026. But again, the guys who are around 30, you know, they're worth a look. Taylor Clark has been quite good the last two years. Um, not a household name. But I'd be going to the Royals looking for help. And again, a lot will depend on if they need back-end guys, which I, I don't think they necessarily will, but you want someone that you're going to be comfortable with at that point in the game. Um, the artist formerly known as Prime Kepler says, do we expect any restrictions on Royce Lewis upon return, or is he a full go? I understand the spirit of the question because Byron Buxton has his limitations, but I think, too, the Twins aren't going to bring him back until they're certain he's ready, so it'll be full go, I believe. But... Again, I'm I'm willing to be wrong. I probably will be wrong. I've also seen a lot of people saying, don't be surprised if he's not up with the Twins after his rehab is done. To me, that makes no sense. It may be true. I can't prove that it's not true. I just think it's not a, a wise decision. He needs to be with his team. If he's healthy, get him up here. But everyone seems to think that some comments that Rocco Baldelli made a few days ago suggest that he may not be um, in the mix right away. I, I don't see it. And then finally, Aaron Wyland wants to know, who are your top three tradable prospects at the deadline? And maybe just go high value, mid value, and low value. Um, I would say of the top guys, uh, it's hard because I don't think they're going to trade Brooks Lee. I really don't think Royce Lewis is available. Emmanuel Rodriguez is an interesting case because he's got the most, like, uh, boomer bust potential he's only at high a he's 20 but he is very much quickly jumped up the the lists of prospects um so i think that uh you know he he could be in that mix julian you know he's a positionless fielder uh, you know he's played second base he could play some first but i don't know that the twins have a lot of need in either of those spots so if he hits well this year he could find himself on the move Connor Prelope hasn't been healthy enough. Um, so I would say probably Emmanuel Rodriguez if they shoot for the moon for anybody. Again, their white whale is uh, Zach Gallon. They're not going to get him. The Diamondbacks aren't selling. But a pitcher of that caliber, if they shoot for that, Emmanuel Rodriguez is 100% in play. Marco Rye is in play. Um, you know, People have asked me about Matt Walner. I don't think anybody wants Matt Walner. I think it's... He's going to have more value to the team that he's on than in a trade. Jose Salas, to me, seems like a prime flippable guy, but he has not hit this year. David Festa seems like a pop-up guy, kind of like Cade Povich last year. If you were to go a little lower, though, I think Noah Miller could be interesting. Another infielder that they have, a, they have a ton of infielders. Tanner Schobel, um, Misael Urbina, I think, has some helium as a prospect. But beyond that, you know, I don't I don't know that there's enough interest in the guys on the bottom part of the 30, top 30 on MLB.com where it's going to be like, yeah, they want that guy. Maybe somebody takes a chance on Austin Martin as a, um, you know, see what they can get out of him if they can get him healthy by low situation because the Twins are, again, stocked on infielders and Martin is not really produced as a twin, but I don't really think they're going to sell low on him. But hey, that's been Taco Tuesday. If you enjoyed this, please 
Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us at Locked on Twins, at Locked on Min, and at Brand underscore Warren. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Check back tomorrow after the series finale. We'll have a full wrap of the series and some little bit of preview action of the Blue Jays series as well. But with that said, this is Brandon Warren saying thanks for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow.